this is a day when we remember how Jesus began uh, the most important week in human history. Uh, the Gospel of Luke's account of Palm Sunday begins in his 19th uh, chapter, uh, verse 29, and uh, uh, you're going to see as we uh, read this together, you, you can watch it on the screen or uh, in your Bible or your device, you'll see that uh, uh, Luke is the only gospel writer who leaves out that little detail about the palms, uh, because Luke is really focused, laser-focused on what Jesus said and says on this Palm Sunday. So let's pick up the action as we read from uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 29. As Jesus approached the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a donkey tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the donkey, the, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the donkey, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When Jesus came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of his followers began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. On Palm Sunday, Jesus spoke about time. And believe it or not, uh, this is what I'm going to speak to you about, this one word, time. And some of you are not surprised because you know how uh, preachers can spend a lot of time on just one word. Uh, so, uh, but this is justified because Jesus loads this word time with deep and profound meaning. In fact, Luke records that Jesus spoke this word time in tears. And if you love Jesus, that should grab your attention. Jesus was weeping. Even though he's surrounded by people who are rejoicing, Jesus is weeping because the majority of Jerusalem's population was missing it. They were missing the most important thing that would happen in their lives, in their neighborhood. They were missing their opportunity to find the relationship with God that they were created for. They were missing their moment, their time. Time is the key word that explains why Jesus is weeping. Luke writes this gospel in Greek. And there are several Greek words for the word 
That gets translated in English as time. The word most often used is the word chronos, which uh, is the basis for our words like chronicle or uh, chronology. Chronos is a general word for the movement of time. But here on Palm Sunday, Luke has Jesus using a less frequently used Greek word, the word kairos. Kairos is not a general reference to time. Kairos refers to a specific window with a defined beginning and a defined ending. And I'm emphasizing this word kairos because believe it or not, this one word summarizes the whole biblical perspective on time and explains why Jesus was weeping. What you need to know is that up until God revealed himself through the people and events of scripture, almost every culture on this planet had a cyclical view of history and time. People took their cue from nature. Uh, they saw seasons flow from spring to summer, to fall to winter, and then back to spring again, and they didn't see any grand purpose to the flow of history, and so all they could see were just endless cycles. Uh, this view continues today. In fact, you know, about a third of the population of our planet uh, still has a cyclical view of time. Uh, Hindu, Buddhist, and other cultures not influenced by the Old and New Testaments still view world history as a never-ending series of cycles, which leads to their view of personal history, that personal history is cyclical. If I have a, a cyclical view of human life, it means that when I die in this life, um, I am reincarnated in another cycle of life. If I don't do very well in this life, well, I get a second chance. I, I get a third chance in various cycles of reincarnation. But this is not what God reveals in the Bible. God reveals that both world history and my personal history are linear, not cyclical. That world history is linear means that God created the world with a defined beginning, a planned beginning, and a planned ending, and that there is a planned purpose in between. That my personal history is linear uh, means that God created me with a planned beginning and a planned ending with a purpose for my life in between. And this leads to the idea of kairos time and what Jesus is weeping about. Jesus weeps over people who have this brief kairos window of opportunity to fulfill God's plan and purpose for their life, and they are missing it. God reveals in Scripture that even though I have no choice about when my life begins, I have no choice of where my life ends, I do get to choose whether or not I fulfill God's plan and purpose for my life in between. And if I fail to fulfill God's purpose in this life, I've missed my one and only Kairos opportunity. There are no second chances. There are no third chances because God has me on Kairos time. Jesus wept over Jerusalem uh, because he could see something that the people of the city could not see. 
What did Jesus see? Jesus wept for people who did not understand how little time they had left for important things. Jesus says that the reason he's weeping is because he could see the fast approaching day when walls would come down and their end would come, which by the way actually happened in history 70 AD, a few short years after this gospel was written. Jesus sees people who get one shot, one shot at the most important things in life and they are wasting their kairos moment. The question this Palm Sunday is, is Jesus weeping over me? Is Jesus weeping over you because you don't see how little time you have left for important things? What do I mean? Well, I find it interesting that uh, in our text, uh, Jesus refers uh, to the shortness of time and then refers to families, specifically children. And I think this is because we miss our kairos window of opportunity right at home. Let me read for you a reflection of a mom who was rushing through the process of combing and blow drying her, her six-year-old daughter's hair after a bath on Saturday night. This is what she wrote about that moment. Comb and dry, comb and dry. Soon, I won't be able to do this anymore. This little straight bob must inevitably yield to grown-up makeup and grown-up hairstyles. Where will her hair be blowing at 16 and 18? Will boys love to watch her hair blow as I do now? One boy may feel it blow on his face and ask her to marry him. Her hair will be perfect under the veil, and I wonder where that boy is at this moment and whether he'll be good to her. They will grow old together, and this golden brown hair will be gray. I take the plug out of the socket and gather her into my arms and bury my face wet with tears in her warm hair as if I could seal this moment against all time, but I can't. Generation after generation comes to the end and says, where did it go, this precious gift of life? What happened to it and why did I let so much of it slip away like smooth hair? through a comb. Beyond this mom's reflection, I have been there for the quiet sobs of parents who look back with agonizing regret over the fact that they missed their Kairos moment with their kids, that their, grew, their kids grew up only once and they missed it. They got too wrapped up in the busyness of life to cherish those little moments they missed their moment to express love to their kids at an age when their kids actually looked up to them with awe and wanting to soak up that kind of love. They missed their one and only opportunity to teach them about Jesus' love when they were tender and eager to hear the truth. Parents, if you have kids at home, slow down. Slow down. Put your arm around your son. Listen to your daughter. Look them in the eyes and be there. Be there for that Kairos moment because it slips away like hair through a comb.
But just like parents can miss their kairos window of opportunity with their kids, kids can miss their parents too. I was standing at the bedside of a gentleman uh, hanging between life and death in the hospital. Uh, and uh, the nurse was uh, telling me about uh, the son of this gentleman who had called earlier pleading with her to keep his dad alive. He kept saying over and over that he was coming to the hospital from out of state and he had to tell his father something. He had to tell him something. And so he called over and over again saying, please, just don't let him die. And of course, the hospital staff did everything they could and the son drove as fast as he could. And then I saw that son just crumple onto the floor of that hospital room because he was too late. And it leads me to remind you of the truth that you are on Kairos time, which means that there is a finite set of opportunities to do what is most important in life, like expressing love to those who should know that you love them, like prioritizing your time with the most important people in your life. Kairos time means that when it comes to the important human relationships in my life, I don't get second chances. There are some things that I need to do now. Are there words of love that I need to say? Are there words of peace that I need to say to maybe heal a broken relationship? Today. Right now is my Kairos moment. So say it to your mom or dad. Say it to your son or daughter. Say it to your husband or wife before it's too late. On Palm Sunday, Jesus wept over people who did not understand how their time was so short to do the important things in life, like their relationships on a horizontal level. But that isn't the main thing that Jesus was weeping about. What was the main thing Jesus was weeping about? Jesus wept for people who did not understand how little time they had for the most important thing. Notice that uh, Jesus says that he weeps for those because they did not recognize the kairos moment of God's coming to them. Jesus wept that first Palm Sunday because he saw people who were in the process of missing their window of opportunity to receive the most important thing in life, which is a joy-giving relationship with God, a vertical relationship with God through Jesus and only through Jesus. You see, true joy is only through Jesus. And we can see this on Palm Sunday, right? I love those words we read earlier. When Jesus came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of his followers began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Miracles. The followers of Jesus were filled with joy because they had personal stories of how Jesus had given them miraculous healing from the past, how he had given them 
courage, miraculous courage in the face of death, how he'd given them miraculous freedom from their guilt and shame. And then these followers were filled with joy because they were also personally involved in helping to bring other people to Jesus. And as they saw those other people restored and released just like they were, they were filled with double joy. Uh, The most important thing in life is to discover a joy-giving relationship with Jesus and then help others find Jesus too. This is why baptisms are so exciting here at Black Rock. Some of you don't know this, but uh, we have a little secret door over here, uh, and behind the secret door, there's a baptism tank. And about every six months or so, we have between 30 and 40 people who one by one stand in that uh, baptismal tank before uh, all of us, and they declare that they, uh, that they have been changed by Jesus, and they declare how they are gonna follow him for the rest of their lives. And then they're lowered and raised uh, out of the water, symbolizing the fact that their old life is gone, and their new life of joy with Jesus has begun. And as I stand with those people in the uh, baptismal tank, I can see the tears just of joy coming down their faces. And then what I can kind of see in in the, uh, the glimmer of the lights of people sitting out here in the seats are one or two or a dozen people having those same tears of joy streaming down their faces because they realize that they are part of this story of this man or woman standing in the tank, that they were part of bringing this person to Jesus. This is the most important thing in life. The most important thing is a joy-giving relationship with Jesus and then helping others find this relationship too. This is what we're all about here at Black Rock Church. This is why we sacrifice to build a bigger building so that more men and women and boys and girls could find this relationship with Jesus that we found. And this is why we are going to finish our building. Uh, You'll be hearing more about this in uh, uh, the days after Easter, but after much prayer, the uh, Black Rock pastors and elders uh, believe that this is the time to raise givers and giving uh, to add a much-needed second floor to the south wing of our building over our current uh, children's area. Uh, The second floor was in our original plan, but due to financial constraints, we weren't able to complete it. But now is the time. You know, Starting Point is the name given to our uh, seminars for uh, people who want to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus. And uh, uh, we have four of these uh, starting point, next chapter classes going every Sunday. And it's some 100 people per term. And we have no no room uh, in our current facility for any more. We have no choice but to put people on waiting lists. Come on! How many churches do you know anywhere in our region who have people on waiting lists waiting to learn to follow Jesus? How many places? I don't think so. 
The same goes for our Sunday morning kids' ministry. We have uh, a capacity right now in our kids' ministry because we have every week kids begging their parents to get to church on time so they can crowd in to learn about Jesus. All right. And the second floor uh, will be a solution that will provide more space for starting point classes and adult learning environments and also space for these precious kids. And you may say, why now? Uh, Why not wait a few years? Uh, We can't wait. This is the most important thing is having a joy-giving relationship with Jesus and then helping other people have this relationship too. We can't wait because we're on Kairos time. We can't wait because Jesus weeps over the same people that we're weeping over, people who have their Kairos time growing shorter every day, people who die a little each day because of the buried uh, effect of, of sin and desperation and hopelessness that we experience before we came to Jesus. As a Christ follower, you are on Kairos time. And it could well be that Jesus weeps over you because as time grows short, you're leaving joy on the table. You're not growing in the most important thing in your life. You're not deepening your friendship with Jesus. You're not bringing friends to Jesus. And as precious time slips away, you're leaving mounds and mounds of joy on the table. This church is about the most important thing in life. And as I said, you'll hear more after Easter about how you can contribute, uh, large or small, uh, to uh, the second floor and the elimination of our mortgage. But let me circle back to you. Is your relationship with God a matter of dedication or decoration? Dedication or decoration? Jesus weeps over the difference. When I was a little kid, I'm thinking like five years old, um, my uh, family went to visit my somewhat eccentric Aunt Sylvia, uh, who I'd soon discovered had little soaps in her upstairs bathroom. Uh, They were dolphins, and I had never seen anything like these little dolphin soaps. I'd gotten a soap on a rope for Christmas, but this was even better. It was like (laughs) really different. And uh, these dolphin soaps were so cool that I kept finding Reasons to wash my hands all, all afternoon. And uh, sometime later, my Aunt Sylvia uh, went into the bathroom and screamed, Who used my soaps? And when she screamed, the whole family crammed into the bathroom uh, where Aunt Sylvia was pointing next to the sink where there were uh, three or four what looked like seals. Uh, <laughs> Badly beaten seals. <laughs> and while this was happening, I was saying out loud, I mean, am I getting in trouble for washing my hands? Because that just does not seem right. And well, I found out that these dolphin soaps were just for looking pretty, not for using. Crazy, right? Aunt Sylvia was a little crazy like that. Uh, she also had an antique chair in the living room. No one was supposed to sit in. 
She had a piano that nobody was supposed to play. And get this, she had a Bible on the coffee table that nobody was supposed to touch. I don't think God likes decorative Bibles. I'm a little biased due to the whole dolphin soap scandal thing, but uh, I don't think God likes decorative Bibles. I think God gets a lot more pleasure out of seeing Bibles that are worn out with use. And here's what I notice. I notice that people that have Bibles that are falling apart usually have lives that are not falling apart. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about the condition of your Bible. There's a lot of people don't even use a paper Bible anymore. I'm talking about the difference between dedication and decoration. The question is, are you dedicated to the joy, the growing joy of a relationship with Jesus? Or for you, is it a matter of the decoration? Is it really a matter uh, where you are satisfied with the bare minimums necessary to look pretty, to look like you have a relationship with God? In this Kairos moment, I'm asking you if you are dedicated to a relationship with God or whether it's just decorative. Jesus is not impressed with decoration. Jesus will not be satisfied because he loves you so much until you are dedicated in a real relationship with him. And until you have that, I guess you could say, Jesus weeps over the joy, mounds of joy you are leaving on the table. Jesus weeps over this key word, time. Because Jesus sees what you cannot. Jesus sees how for everyone at every age and every stage, there is little time left to waste when it comes to the most important thing. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also Uh, Know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.